Santa's bringing us big Oscar contending drama. You seem like trouble. I come here out of respect. But if there ain't nothing to get, that show ain't nothing to get. And maybe a laugh or two. No one here gets offended too easily, do they? No. No, no one, one here gets offended too easily. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, everyone. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, counting down our top five must-see picks from TV and movies. Here's what to watch this week, December 25th through December 31st. The big screen rom-com is back at our number five pick for the week, Anyone But You, an enemies-to-lovers comedy about two individuals who had one disastrous date and now find themselves shoved together at a destination wedding. To avoid the manipulation of their friends and family, B, played by Sidney Sweeney, and Ben, portrayed by Glenn Powell, pretend to be dating. But as any rom-com lover knows... That's never as simple as it sounds. Will Gluck, who first hit the rom-com scene with Easy A, decided to infuse the tale with a little bit of the bard, drawing inspiration from Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. Powell and Sweeney tell us more. When I got the script and I, I was going back to uh, Shakespeare's work and making sure that we followed the mold and the archetype of these characters, but then added the modern twist that you need to have when creating a modern rom-com. When you read the script, all that architecture is really in there. Um, and I think I think when it came to like building these characters, I think what we really tried to do is kind of, again, take the architecture of what those things represented then and try to update it. And I think when you look at a guy like Will Gluck, who's taken, again, classic literature like you know the scarlet letter and, and and made it easy a it's like i think that's what you have to do is you have to take you have to take what what felt what felt like you know the, those these tropes like if you look at rom-coms over the course of time there's a lot of sort of much to do about nothing in all rom-coms right um you know and and, and you look at classic architecture like shakespearean architecture it's all over everything i mean you can't ignore it we just really tried to 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 honor that particular play as much as humanly possible so i think will gluck when it comes to uh literary adaptations there's there's no one better Though it wasn't all Shakespearean banter. In Anyone But You, Sweeney and Powell do everything from facing off against a giant spider, which you've likely heard about in the news, to jumping into the Sydney Harbor. And that last one came with the threat of sharks. Powell explains. I did get to be in that water right off, off the, um, off, off uh, the, it's like Bondi Beach, these cliffs off of Bondi Beach. Uh, again, with a, with a little ankle monitor that apparently you know uh scares off sharks but they had like a drone like a little shark watching drone above me to make sure no sharks were were very very close um but you know at this point there's a lot of trust that goes into a rom-com you know you gotta you know there was, there was a lot of that that was a, that was another thing for me in the sharks i was like i just don't really want to get eaten by sharks. yeah like, just one of the ways i don't want to go well, to see whether Powell has any Jaws-worthy encounters or just whether Ben and B end up together, you can catch anyone but you playing now in theaters. Number four. 
Row, row, row your boat to theaters for our next pick, the sports biopic, The Boys in the Boat. Directed by George Clooney, the movie is based on Daniel James Brown's New York Times bestseller about the 1936 University of Washington rowing team, specifically focusing on Joe Rance, played by Fantastic Beasts' Callum Turner, who needs a spot on the team in order to stay in college. But for all of the guys, becoming a unified in-sync team brings a wholly unique set of challenges. After all, they have ambitions of making it to the Summer Olympics in Berlin. But do these underdogs have what it takes? Here's an inside look at the movie featuring Clooney and Arthur Brown. And it's a boat full of underdogs representing an underdog nation. In three, two, one, row! Rowing, particularly in the 1920s, was one of the most attended sports in the United States. The Boys in the Boat is about strong, tough kids, but they were poor and hungry. They're rowing because it was the only way they could stay in college. Well, what's that about making some money? Yeah, the rowing team. You're on you get a part-time job included, cheap place to live. All you gotta do is make the team. The stakes were much higher for them. Eight-man crew is the most difficult team sport in the world. Most of you will not be chosen. And it gave them an edge. The Washington boat has taken the lead! Washington has done it! These guys at the University of Washington taking on the seniors. I got nine seconds under the course record. And then taking on the fraternity kids. And then taking on the Nazis. Every film we've ever seen that has an underdog in it, you're always rooting for. That you can pull yourself up from nothing and succeed. Give it everything! There's lots of times when the human spirit prevails over circumstances that it doesn't seem that they ought to be able to prevail over. George understood what the heart of the story was. It reminds us of what we're capable of when we pull together. The actual story of what they went through was really spectacular. Joel Edgerton also stars as their stoic coach, reinvigorated by his team's commitment to achieving something greater than themselves. It's an inspiring and exciting story, perfect for the holidays. The Boys in the Boat is in theaters now. The long-running Canadian comedy Letterkenny is coming to an end. Its season 12 premiere is our number three pick today. The show announced in November that this would be the last time we can book a ticket to the town of Letterkenny, Ontario to see how its hicks, skids, and hockey players live in something like harmony. This season, the Letterkenny will have to deal with the Degans' bad influence, a new nightclub, and a very weird comedy night called Laughter Kenny. Here's the trailer for Letterkenny's last time gathering the town around the chip bowl. Letterkenny. Legendary. Infamously intelligent. McMurray. McMurray. Oh, no! Man. Look what you've done to us! You've ruined everything! Oh, Stop it! What do we do now? Welcome to Laughter Kenny. Wait, no one here gets offended too easily, do they? No. No, no one, one here gets offended too easily. That's different. Why? Because there are real problems in the world. Why'd you say, mm? Just saying, mm. You can't say, mm? Just feeling a bit stuck. Don't get stuck. You're stuck. Like, it's the whole town with that phrase. Would you just all read it on the back of a box of sugar cereal? 
Maybe I am stuck. But the toughest guy in Letterkenny rolls off the tongue nicely, doesn't he? You are exactly where you belong. Well, even with the finale coming and reasons to get along, there are, of course, going to be some brawls before we say goodbye to the show, like hockey players saying farewell to their chicklets. The final season of Letterkenny debuts December 26th on Hulu. It's trivia time. One star of Ferrari, the movie we'll have more on in just a minute, was reportedly not allowed to drive the original classic race cars due to insurance reasons. Fair enough. However, another star was allowed because he's an actual race car driver on the side. So which Ferrari star drives race cars in addition to acting? Is it Adam Driver, Patrick Dempsey, or Shailene Woodley? Stick around for the answer, as well as our top two picks. What to Watch will be right back. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. A lot of Oscar hopefuls release movies toward the end of the year around the holidays, but Christmas is a day that Quentin Tarantino seems to enjoy for film releases. This week in entertainment history, Tarantino released Jackie Brown in 1997, Django Unchained in 2012, and The Hateful Eight in 2015. Now, the latter of those has even inspired diehard-like debates about whether it's actually a Christmas movie. A brutal one, no doubt, but the argument can kind of be made. It even opens with a snowy crucifix as the credits roll. Here's a little bit of that potential Christmas movie when Samuel L. Jackson and Kurt Russell's bounty hunters meet up at the beginning of the film. I see you ain't got mixed emotions about bringing a woman to a rope. By woman, you mean her? No, I do not have mixed emotions. So you're taking in the Red Rock to hat? <laughs> you bet. You gonna wait around and watch it? Oh, you know I am. I want to hear her neck snap with my own two ears. You never wait to watch them hang? My bounties never hang, because I never bring them in alive. Never? Never, ever. We talked about this in Chattanooga. Bringing desperate men in alive is a good way to get yourself dead. Can't catch me sleeping if I don't close my eyes. I don't want to work that hard. No one said the job's supposed to be easy. No one said it's supposed to be that hard, neither. Okay, so calling it a Christmas movie might be a stretch, but it was released on this day eight years ago, similar to those other Tarantino classics. Number two. We are speeding into the rest of this week's picks with Michael Mann's new movie, Ferrari. And no, you did not already see this story play out in the 2019 movie Ford v. Ferrari. This story centers on the car company's owner, Enzo Ferrari, played by Adam Driver, and his quest to save it from financial ruin and win the 1957 Mia Miglia, or 1,000-mile race through Italy, a win that could save Ferrari. But his company isn't the only thing in shambles. So is Enzo's personal life. He and his estranged wife, Laura, played with great pain and gusto by Penelope Cruz, are mourning the death of their son while Enzo also carries on an affair with a woman who had his illegitimate son. Here's the trailer. Two objects cannot occupy the same point in space, the same moment in time. 
the corner races at you. You have perhaps a crisis of identity. Am I a sportsman? Or a competitor? If you get into one of my cars, you get in the wind. You're going broke. How? You spend more than you make. So what do I do? Win the Mille Miglia, Enzo. Or you are out of business. This is a gun pointed at our head. You should assign me control of your stock. I have to have all the cards in my hand. Well, half the cards are in my hand. All of us are racers. It's our deadly passion. Our terrible joy. No one ever needs me back. How can I stay with? If Anthony is looking for a scapegoat, then here I am. You were supposed to save him. You promised me he wouldn't. The father deluded himself! Two objects cannot occupy the same point in space. At the same moment in time. When so? Go beat the hell out of them. Fair warning, these race scenes are exciting, but intense and fatal. Ferrari is in theaters now. An American classic is back in theaters for Christmas, 40 years after the release of the book and the original movie, The Color Purple, our number one pick, is now a movie musical inspired by the 2005 Broadway production. Oprah Winfrey, an Oscar nominee for the original film, is now a producer on this one, and the movie stars Fantasia Barrino as Celie, abused for years, both physically and emotionally, at the hands of her husband, Coleman Domingo's mister, who her father forced her to marry. But when blues singer Suge Avery, played by Taraji P. Henson, comes back home for a visit, she injects new life into Celie, showing her there's a strength and tenacity in her that she didn't know existed. Barino has played the role before on Broadway, and she was hesitant to revisit the character, who finds her way with the show-stopping song, I'm Here. I spoke with Barino and Oprah on the latest episode of our Awardist podcast. Here's a bit of that conversation. Fantasia, uh, you, you've been open, and obviously as we're talking here about how you, you didn't really want to go there again after having done the Broadway musical and, and where you were at your life in that time. Uh, so I want to read something. Mm. I'm thankful for every day that I'm given, both the easy and hard ones I'm living, but most of all, I'm thankful for loving who I really am. I'm beautiful, yes, I'm beautiful, and I'm here. How do those lyrics hit differently now than they did 15 years ago? Mm. Oh, wow. Well, you see, I'm, I'm much older, wiser, mm. married, mm. and I have to give just a little salute to the man in my life who came in and told me every day when I did not think it, 
believe it, that I was beautiful and I was a queen. Mm. Um, so the words hit really, really different. Mm. Now I will tell you this, because I always keep it honest. When they came to me about playing it again, I had just started traumatic therapy. Mm. And traumatic therapy is where you go and you reach back into that little girl, little Fantasia, mm. on things that I either forgotten um, things that were holding me back from my adulthood. Mm -hmm. I was working on those things to be a better mother, to be a better wife. And um, I knew that I had to stop working with my uh, life coach and I had to, to give it to Celie. Mm. Okay? And giving it to Celie this time, singing the song this time, was more of a ministry than it was impact, like it wasn't heavy on me. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it was going to heal and help some other woman. Yeah. Not only a woman, because when we were doing that scene, we did it a million times. It was about what, four o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. You were there? Cold. I wasn't at the scene, but yeah, you did it 74 times. Jesus. Ooh. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. 74 times, four o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, Haley and, 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 and Felicia came mm. and sat on set. Uh, we had a lot of dancers uh, standing and watching, which I was surprised because they could have been at home in their beds. Mm. But I realized that it was a ministry those people needed to be ministered to. They needed to hear the words, and I'm here. Mm -hmm. And so while I was healing and allowing Miss Seely to heal me, the song just hit different. Mm -hmm. When I did it on Broadway, it was heavy. Yeah. Very. Hmm. I'm not gonna say it wasn't heavy this time. Sure. <laughs> but it was. It was in a different perspective yeah. this time for me. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you were in that place to have that different experience with it. Yeah. yeah. As for Oprah, she says being part of the original wasn't even a dream she dreamed for herself, and she's experiencing that all over again with this new movie. I think living in this space now, where Color Purple gets another iteration of itself. It is offered to another generation. Mm -hmm. I do see it as an offering. Mm -hmm. wow. And I see it as an offering for those who can receive it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's for everybody who wants to open their heart just a little bit I love more. You say yes. Just a little bit more. Which who doesn't want to right now? I, and I that's hope. why I think the yeah. timing is just perfect for yeah. right now because yeah. it's a heart opener. And I think regardless of what your religion or race or place or where you are in the world, you can stand a little heart opening right now. Mm -hmm. And so these women, this cast, this experience can do that for you. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it ends up, you leave feeling filled with a sense of hopefulness mm -hmm. and you're not sure about what, what, right. you know? Right. A sense of hopefulness that things can be better, mm -hmm. life can be better, and there's a, there's a joy that comes from watching the communion around that tree. Mm -hmm. And so when they all sing, Amen, mm -hmm. you feel that in your spirit. You do. You do. you do. Well, that cast she mentioned is stacked full of powerhouse performances from folks, also including Danielle Brooks. You can hear her conversation with Taraji P. Henson in our Awardist video podcast, available on YouTube and at EW.com. And you can listen to my full interview with Oprah and Fantasia Barino wherever you listen to podcasts. The Color Purple is in theaters now. Trivia.
And finally, this week, the answer to our trivia question. Which Ferrari star is a race car driver in addition to being an actor? Adam Driver, Patrick Dempsey, or Shailene Woodley? Well, Adam Driver reportedly was not allowed to drive the original cars due to insurance concerns, but Patrick Dempsey was another story. People Magazine's 2023 Sexiest Man Alive used to race and has competed at 24 Hours of Le Mans, Rolex 24 at Daytona, and the Ensenada Score Baja 1000 Off-Road Race. And that is it for our show this week. We will have more must-see picks for you next week, or next year, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm executive editor Jared Hall. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great week, as well as a happy and safe new year. This episode of What to Watch was written by Dustin Nelson, Maureen Lee Linker, and EW staff. Edited by Sammy Junio and hosted and produced by Jared Hall. What to Watch.